So you want to hear about a book, but you're always on the go. Just sit back and relax, my friend, because I've got a mini-sode of Dustin Can Read. The Stitchers by Lorian Lawrence Quinn Parker has just noticed something in the pond at the end of Goody Lane. What is that? She gets a little closer. It's eerily silent with no one around. Something doesn't feel right about this whole situation, but I guess a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. She steps closer to the water. What is that? Is it coming closer? What just called her name? Quinn, sweetie, I think you need to shake this off and get to running. Quinn. Girl, run now. Thankfully, she does run. But this is only one of the weird things that happens to 13-year-old Quinn and her best friend Mike throughout this new creepy book for the middle grade crowd. I have to say that while this may be aimed at tweens, I found myself instantly drawn to this story. Of course, I'm a little biased. The story takes place in the town of South Haven. I grew up, and still reside, in South Haven, Mississippi. Sure, the spelling's a little different, just one H in my city's name, but it definitely threw the author for a curveball when I gave her my address for the advanced reader copy I won in her Twitter giveaway. I had been admiring the book cover art for a while, and, and I just was super excited to get a signed copy from Lorian herself. Just, it was awesome. Hashtag humblebrag. The other reason I related so heavily with this book is all the mischief the two protagonists get into throughout it. Growing up, my friend Bill and I would create spy clubs or detective agencies and try to solve mysteries together. We'd have case books for clues and ghostwriter pins hanging around our necks because I was obsessed with that show growing up. Of course, we didn't have any real mysteries to solve and ended up sneaking around our neighborhood and just peeking in on people like Harriet the Spy, which, of course, now would be called Prowling or Peeping Toms, but that's neither here nor there. The start of this book is very much like how Bill and I used to hang out, people watching and coming up with conspiracy theories about everyone. For me, it's instantly comforting, instantly pulling me back into my childhood mindset. It's all perfectly innocent. The neighbors are elderly and strange acting, and the kids just want to know what their deal is. The premise isn't too complicated, but that's why it works. It feels like something that could happen in your own town. So the kids call their elderly neighbors the oldies. They call them this because they never seem to age past retirement age. Like, they never get any older, but they're always old. They seem very Stepford Wives-esque, as they have the same daily routines and seem to be disturbed by anything that disrupts them. There's also something very, quote, plastic about them, as Quinn observes. These extra elements made me worried for these kids. The oldies seem sinister enough to do almost anything to anyone, and they may have already. The book has some really interesting themes for an 8-12 to 12 year old audience, the most notable being death. Quinn's father passed away a year prior to the start of the book, but it's definitely not just a fact in her past. Quinn is still reeling from this humongous loss. 
Everything reminds her of her dad. The investigation, running track. By reading the dedication at the beginning, you know that the author also lost her father. And enduring this loss and transforming it into something such a wonderfully crafted struggle for the main character made me feel even more close to Quinn and the author herself by default. I've noticed recently that books from the 2000s aren't shying away from death like they used to. Back in the day, people like R.L. Stein wouldn't put anything into their, you know, books that was, quote, too real, like death or divorce. So I applaud Lorian Lawrence because she handled the reality of death in an elegant and organic way. It didn't feel too heavy, but you felt all the emotional weight of Quinn's loss regardless. The other theme is, of course, young love. However, this isn't some lovey-dovey, ooey-gooey romance that waters down the excitement of the main story. No, Lawrence sets this up with care as well. At first, it's a hint here and there, but it really becomes apparent that Quinn and Mike actually like each other as much more than friends throughout the book. The subtleness of longing looks or that tingling feeling you get when someone's noticing you. Again, this is rife with sentimental nostalgia for me. I wanted to think and blink and jump my way into this book like, a, you know, like the portraits of Mary Poppins. I could feel myself analyzing the clues. I'd shake my head as a character made a silly amateur mistake and I could just feel the consequences coming. It pulled me in and I was down for the ride. So without giving anything further away, I really want to encourage you to pick this book up, either for yourself or the kid in your life that's just aching for some excitement. As of this recording, it's been out for almost a month, and the buzz is still hopping, especially with Halloween just around the corner. Oh, and not to worry, if you love this book like I know you will, there's apparently more on the way. The Stitchers is the first in a new series called Fright Watch, so here's hoping we get more of those stories soon. I want to thank Lorian Lawrence again for the art copy that she sent me. I really appreciate it. It was a great read. Until next time. Dustin can read. <laughs> <laughs>